the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. I don't know what the hell you would hire Kevin Stefanski for. I'm sorry. I don't know. Back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone. And it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs. Welcome back to another episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange, a victory Monday edition. And we are so happy to be coming with you with some uh, some good stuff to talk about today. What's going on, my partner, Corey? How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's, it's again, it's victory Monday. We're recording on a victory Monday. It is I couldn't, I couldn't ask a for bit. a better, couldn't ask for a better day. It's been a little bit since we've had one. So, you know, it's, it was, uh, it was, uh, it went about as well as you could have, could have hoped, you know? Nothing, uh, nothing too negative to take away from it. You know, the offense played well, defense played well. Uh, city of Cincinnati treated me well for the most part. Um, Bengals fans were uh, pretty much defeated by halftime, so wasn't too much, uh, too much trash talk going on. Usually, when I go down to Cincinnati, I can get find myself in some trouble. Uh, you know, just uh, running my mouth a little bit, but uh, no, not today. It was pretty easy, pretty tame, pretty tame. Riley was out, so but it was nice to you know see a, be surrounded by people who were just uh, mentally, yes. emotionally defeated. But yeah, dude, they're also Browns fans. Way to go! Absolutely. I would say where I was, I was down at the banks and I would say it was probably 50-50 Browns Bengals fans. Like we all basically took over that place. It was it was pretty cool to see. I mean, we are in Ohio, but, you know, still just to take over someone's city like that. It's um, it's all right. And yeah, I was uh, I went to the UC game on Saturday. So my voice is a little little shaky, was doing a lot of screaming there. So apologies for that. But you had a good weekend then. It's a good, good football weekend. It was, it was, it was. I, uh, we were, we were like sitting like one row back, not even a row back. We were literally the first row and, um, behind, uh, behind the Tulsa bench. And I've never like had interaction with like a football team before, but like we were like with some dudes and we were just giving it to them and they were like giving it right back to us, like, you know, giving us the birds. Like anytime Tulsa would do something good, they turn around and like be talking shit to us. And it was a good time. So good time in Cincinnati homecoming. It was, uh, got to see two dubs and it was a good weekend, man. What about you? Did you get into anything too crazy? You know, any more uh, picture sessions? No, nothing crazy this weekend. You know, just living my life as it is. It's kind of just the status quo for me these days, you know, not doing too much of anything, getting ready, just a bunch of prepping and proofing, getting ready to, uh, bring a life into the world. I'm not getting ready to do that. That's scary. <laughs> uh, you, you helped, you helped. <laughs> that's true. You, you're just as responsible for it. Once it's, once it's out. So, I mean, well, that's, gotta, that's, that's very true. <laughs> gotta prep gotta gotta do a lot of prep so yeah you guys uh latch up your cabinets yet or what's going on I, you don't really I don't have, to have to do that until they're like while. two years yeah got a yeah dude i have i have no idea how it works so i don't see it. you're gonna you know i'm just guessing at this point but yeah who knows but hopefully you hopefully you've uh, read a couple books i know you're a reader so i have read one book just one second one yeah i've been meaning to get into another one but we'll see I've got time on my, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Time. Do you, do you have time on your head? <laughs> it's coming. It's going to be here pretty quick. That's true. Two months, baby. Wild. Yeah. 
till we see till we all get to meet little Riley. But yeah, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's transition. Let's get into let's get this. Into this. Yeah, yeah. We uh, it's I was a little worried at the beginning. You know, the Bengals are driving down, um, looking like they're gonna score. I was like, oh geez, this defense is just not awake today. So it's gonna be a long, long game. And you know, right off the bat, Denzel Ward takes it to the house. Absolutely, electricity. Everyone was so hyped. Uh, everyone around me was g- getting after it. It was it was awesome because it's almost like you took from like, oh, it's gonna be a long day to oh shit, let's go, baby. It was, and you know, Denzel played a played a overall just a really mm. good game, and it was good to see that from him because you know. There's been some questions looming out there. Maybe not from you specifically. From you, yeah. I've been trying to say he's been fine. He's been <laughs> fine for weeks on end. He's been underwhelming this year. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Over his past six games. So week eight not included because he missed week eight. Week three, two catches, 29 yards that he's allowed. Week four, two catches, 32 yards. Week five, one catch, eight yards. Week six, three catches, 17 yards. Week seven, three catches, 17 yards. Week nine, one catch, 11 yards. Man, you were ready for this, huh? Yeah, I was. We're talk about Denzel. I've been like preaching on this podcast, like Denzel's been fine. You see one play in his general vicinity that's usually not even his responsibility because he's an outside leverage on like a slant or a post where he's expecting help inside. And you think Denzel Ward is, is off his rocker. He's playing bad, but it's, it's, he's been fine. The big question is he needs to stay healthy. Him and him and Greg Newsom both need to stay healthy. If they're healthy, they are the twitchiest duo in the league. Without a doubt in my mind, those dudes can just flip their hips and move unbelievably well, but neither of them can stay healthy. Uh, so hopefully that changes. Hopefully we're hitting, hitting a stretch, but uh, it was very good to see the warden warden out today or on, on, on Sunday, lock, so. baby. Yeah. On lock one catch, 11 yards. No, he was great. I uh, can't take anything away from him. Um, him and Greg Newsom were absolutely fantastic. And it stinks that, you know, Greedy Williams went out with a sh- shoulder injury that I would suspect is probably his ailing shoulder that he had issues with last year. So let's hope for the best for him, but yeah, our corners are, are really talented and they play really well when they play, but uh, that is the big, you said it, that's the biggest, uh, biggest worry is their injuries. Um, but yeah, just that, just to keep going on the defense. I mean, as a whole, you know, we got people like Troy Hill making plays just like blitzing his heart out, getting two sacks um, on Joe Burrow, Miles Garrett, getting another one and a half sacks should have had two. Um you know, everybody, a lot of – you got John Johnson playing a really good game, probably his best game as a Brown. Um, Anthony Walker, you know, you said he's starting to stack games. He does. He had another pretty good game today too. So, I mean, we – from something that I thought was going to be a problem all day, they ended up coming alive and making Joe Burrow look very, very pedestrian yesterday, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, they're still a 25th team in, you know, past defense efficiency. Not great. Not great. Uh, they they are getting turnovers though. Uh, it's amazing. They they are giving up points. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a defense like this where it's like oh my goodness just like get a stop get off the damn field. <laughs> but they're not they're not giving up points. So but you know for whatever you want to say about their pass defense again they held Burrow under three hundred yards holding a quarterback under three hundred yards in the NFL is is not an easy task these days because quarterbacks are throwing 40, 50 times a game. 
they held Joe Burrow under 35 yards or under, sorry, under 35, that'd be amazing. Under 300 yards. Uh, I don't know. This was, this was not a game in my opinion for people to grab pitch force for Joe Woods. <laughs> I don't know what other kind of defensive performance you could have wanted other than what they provided on Sunday. No, and the defense uh, gave our offense a, uh, many short fields yesterday and allowed us to our our offense was um you know it was pretty good yesterday it wasn't like you know blow you away by any means but you know it helped that they got their short fields and were able to get some points out of it um but yeah the defense did what it needed to do to win the game it wasn't like you said they weren't you know world beaters by any means this isn't the 85 bears we're talking about here but you know they played more than well enough for the browns to win the, i mean you held joe burrow and, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd. I can keep going. And, like, you held the, you held that offense to 16 points yesterday, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase, if you haven't noticed, has been very good this year. No. I, Jamar Chase was not good on Sunday. <laughs> no, no. Jamar Chase finished the game with six catches for 49 yards. So, um. It, but the Bengals, they attacked where you would specifically expect them to attack. Um, I was shocked that, at, at how ineffective they were going down the field. Uh, credit again to, to the secondary. That back end played amazing. Your top three graded players were Denzel Ward, John Johnson, and A.J. Green, which A.J. Green didn't play very many snaps, but uh, they played lights out. Couldn't have asked for a better performance out of them. Um but the Bengals, you know, they, they attacked where you thought they would against a Cleveland Browns defense. So it seemed like every time the Browns were in base, three linebackers on the field, they were getting the ball to the perimeter to Joe Mixon. It seemed like every time, getting it out quick, swing passes. Joe Mixon had five catches for 46 yards. He almost matched Jamar Chase's production. And it seems like the, the Bengals were taking taking advantage of that. And that's what I keep saying. Like, I'm harp, I, mean, I say, feel like I repeat myself every week at this podcast, but... The Browns stopped the run better in nickel than they do in base. I, I genuinely don't know what the, the draw to base is right now. And especially against the team like the Bengals. Like, oh, sure, I get it. You play the Vikings. They're going to run a lot of 12, 13. The Bengals come out in 11 personnel all the time. All the time. So even on first down, second and shorts, I would not I, – I don't understand why we're, we're coming out in base. But that's my only big concern defensively. Uh, it's some personnel usage, but again, this is not a game where you say, oh man, Joe Woods called a really shitty game. It's like, no, they came out and they punched the Bengals in the face, especially the receivers. The corners came out and press man and punched them in the face. Yeah, no, they did. And um, it's, like I said, it's pretty much all you can ask for them to do. It is interesting that um, I don't see a lot of people talk about it the way you do when, uh, as far as nickel versus uh, base. But, yeah, it's interesting because if you don't totally understand that, it's essentially kind of like the opposite, right? Like it should be the other way around. Right. And that's a credit to Troy Hill. Like Troy Hill, especially over the past three weeks, Troy Hill has shown the – I mean, he had three sacks on Sunday, which is unbelievable, but shown the absolutely – like absolute willingness to – to be a part of the run fit. Like he will come downhill and he will hit somebody in the box. Um, and so when we talk about, you know, the Bengals getting wide as often as they are, when they see three linebackers on the field, if you have Troy Hill on the field, like th there's a chance you're not going to get wide 
like that. You're going to have speed out there. And especially while JOK is out, I would prefer just to stay in nickel. Um, you know, in base, moving forward, um, I mean, JOK really wasn't playing in base until like near the end where he got hurt. Um, you know, maybe if JOK is back, you can get away with playing some more base um, because he can get lateral. He can get parallel. Mac Wilson's not really doing that for you. He's pretty much coming downhill and that's pretty much it. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, that's just my biggest qualm, but. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's switch over to the offense. Like you said, uh, they had a pretty, pretty good day. Um, Baker, you know, he responded. Um, he had a nice day. He had a nice game, um, which just kind of leads as we close this chapter on Odell Beckham Jr. with the Browns as he um, is getting to waivers today. Um, what the fuck? I'm, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, I mean, there are statistics that support that they are better without him, like technically, but like as a whole, like if you're looking at it from like a logical standpoint, it shouldn't be this way, but for some reason it is. And we're going to have the rest of the year to kind of uh, stack these games, see if we can get back on track the way we did in the second half of last year. And, you know, if you put another half season together of solid games from Baker without Odell it's gonna like it's you can't really you're not gonna really be able to argue it at that point like the the data will be what it is you know right um have you seen the the JT O'Sullivan video that's been going around Twitter I have not uh so JT O'Sullivan three years ago JT O'Sullivan is a great resource for like quarterback breakdowns specifically um but he released a video. He was a former NFL quarterback too. He's a uh, high school coach in San Diego now, but um, released a video. Like what can the Browns expect from Odell Beckham Jr. And he only broke down one game. So it wasn't like extensive film research that went into this video, but um, he broke down this giants game and basically came to the conclusion, like Odell is explosive. Odell has really strong hands, which we didn't really get to see strong hands too often in Cleveland either. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But we did see some explosiveness, you know, the Jets Jets game, Dallas game specifically, you know, but one conclusion that JT came to is like, he's going to run his routes and he's going to run them correctly, but it's going to be really hard to anticipate when Odell is going to be expecting the ball. So there might be some added movements as he's shaking, shaking defensive backs or he might not be getting his head around to a certain point when, when quarterbacks might be expecting him to get his head around sooner. With Odell gone, we saw a lot more anticipation out of Baker Mayfield. So maybe some of those double hitches that we've seen from six have been uh, lack of ability to anticipate where 13 might've been. Um, even if the route was correct, you know, where 13 is looking to get his head around where 13 uh, it's coming out of his break, things like that. I, I, Baker doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So uh, that Njoku touchdown throw, Njoku was three yards to the left and not even not even into his break when Baker let that ball rip. Uh, and for six, right in the hole. Um, so I think Baker's ability to anticipate better is directly correlated to 13 and not having 13 on the field. I think there's definitely an element of truth to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a game the same way with Joe Woods. This is a game where you can't come out and say, Oh, Baker, you, you could have done this better. That was a dime. Uh, that was a dime off play action 
that was a, a hell of a throw to Njoku. The throw to, to um, DPJ down the sideline in the fourth quarter, unbelievable. Just an unbelievably placed football. Um, sure, there might be like one or two things you could take away from Baker. Like I still think there are times when he's off schedule that he can panic or uh, doesn't operate as well or have the ability to improvise. Okay, that's fine for now. Like everything was on schedule and we saw him rip a ball. <laughs> rip a ball that wasn't probably his primary read. Uh, he held a safety with his eyes and he just let it rip. That was old Baker. That was 2018 Baker. And we got that. So um, it's a great place to start as we rebuild based off of the 13 era. Yes. So I think what you're trying to say is, um, which I agree with, and we talked about it yesterday. I don't think that this specific game in isolation, you can be like, okay, well, Baker's completely fixed. Everything's going to be perfect from here on out. Uh, We're going to need more than one game. It'd be stupid to say that we need more than one game to obviously figure that out. And even just the last, I don't think, and we talked about yesterday, I don't think that this game was like about Odell from the standpoint of like, you know, nothing we did. And you said it, you're like, we played in front of the sticks. We, we played the perfect recipe for the Browns to win. And it Mm -hmm. didn't really have, whether Odell was there or not, I think that we were probably going to win that game. Yeah. It, we will still find out more about this team when they are forced to, um, play from behind the sticks. Again, we've talked about ad nauseum how how just not great this team has been when faced with third and seven or longer, third and six and longer. It hasn't been great. Uh, or when they are forced to come back from maybe say 10 down. This was very reminiscent of the of the Tennessee game last year where we went in saying, oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a slug that like this is just gonna be a grinded out game. You jump, you jump up early. You, you put, you know, you control the narrative, you control the game, you control everything about it. Same with, with, the, with the Denver game. We came out with Case Keenum, went up t- 10 nothing early. You, you control the rest of it from there. So, um, again, this is a great game to stack. The thing with Baker has been consistency, consistency week in and week out. Can we stack games? Can we stack them? And if Baker is forced to pull us out of a deficit or get into a shootout, that's where we're really going to see, okay, this is where this offense is at without 13 versus with 13. Um, it'd be great if we never have to see that, but that's not realistic. We're going to have to see that. Um, that's where I'll be interested to see how this offense can, can respond and how Baker can, can lead this team when their backs are truly up against the wall. Like this is a week where it's like, oh, their backs are up against the wall. Their backs were never up against that wall that entire game. <laughs> so. No, yeah. no, no, it wasn't. And it almost like it, you know, he was, he was what, like 14 of 21, I believe for like 214 yards and he didn't set the world on fire. It wasn't that game where we're like, what if he comes out and, you know, he throws for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. And we're just sitting here like, what the hell is going on with this team? It wasn't that, but you know, he, he did do what he had to do. He played well and uh, did what they, but yeah, it was weird. It was weird to see the amount because our like time of possession was only like 35 minutes. So it's not like we had the ball, but it felt, and you said this when I was at the UC game, you're like, I it feels like the UC offense hasn't been on the field all like the entire second half. It really didn't feel like the Browns offense was on the field very much at all yesterday. It felt like it was always the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, they had that one play drive, the DPJ, DPJ touchdown was a one play drive. Yeah. That Nick Chubb long run was like a, I think like a, 
it was either a two play drive or it was like they had gotten a first down one first down then that second down run was 70 yards um but i think that was a very short drive as well uh so it really was just they, there was a lot of explosives um from the offense on sunday um which and what we've been missing and a lot of turnovers led to short fields so uh there weren't a lot of long winded drives i mean they started on the 30 like twice <laughs> yesterday <laughs> like the Bengals 30 like twice so um one area i would like to clean up i went back and watched the offense again this morning their red zone offense they came away with only two red zone touchdowns that's that's not acceptable still uh, three red zone penalties. If you're getting down there, you got to get six. Get inside the 20, got to get six. Come on. Other yeah, than that, problem all year. They, they stacked year. up 41 points. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess the offense 34 points, but um, defense gave them some great field position all day. No, they did. They did. They played. They were worked pretty hand in hand with each other definitely uh both helped each other uh it did feel like it did seem like when you were kind of worried about because the one thing about explosive plays is like remember the chip kelly offense with the eagles you're like okay yeah this offense is running really fast but like one you got to worry about the offense getting tired and you got to worry about their defense constantly being on the field so that's what i was kind of worried about the mm-hmm. getting i was like are these dudes going to be out here all day like but you know it didn't happen it never happened we never let the Bengals back in um which has also been a plague of this team. It seems like whenever we get a big lead, we always let them back in, whether, you know, it was Dallas last year or the Titans game. It just seems like we can't step on a team's throat. Well, we stepped on their fucking throats today. And it was, it was, it was probably over at halftime. Honestly, it feels like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, That 70 yard Nick Chubb run was like, okay. See ya. Curtains. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. And that was like the second drive of the first half. So, uh, yeah. That was a good win, man. It was, it was exactly what we needed. And you said it when we were picking games. Um, I might just have to be the opposite guy now because it's every other week. It's like they're doing the exact opposite of what I picked. But you said it. You were like, Kevin, uh, Kevin, whatever. When Stefanski's coaching this team, they always get the win when they need it the most. And they got the win. And it silences a lot of critics right now for, for now. Um, and you know, we were basically, it was, we, I mean, we called it, we said it was a must win. So if you lost this game, your season is in turmoil. Like you got the pitchforks are out for everybody. People are questioning Stefanski losing um, record half nine games into the season would have been terrible. Pretty. Yeah. Terrible. And a year and where the AFC is completely like, everybody is just jumbled at like between four and six wins right now. So like, you can't be, you can't fall behind. We had to get this division win. it was, it was everything the doctor ordered as they like to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Baltimore keeps winning though. Like my they goodness. Keep squeezing out. You stop. What they keep doing. Like, six and two. Like they're going to be hard to catch that getting them back to back. I mean, if the Browns can beat them back to back then it's like, okay, well, we're right back here. Uh, when's the last time Cleveland, you know, beat Baltimore back to back? Uh, not, not really prevalently. Uh, they didn't beat him either times last year. So twice in a uh, season. I mean, it's a different year. It's a different year, but Lamar is playing better than he did during his MVP season. Uh, this team is that Baltimore team. They, I mean, they keep coming back from behind. It's wild. Um, but I mean, if you look at this freaking AFC, you're right. Like, 
there's going to be a lot of good teams left out of the playoff picture, but everybody is in the playoff picture. If you're four and five or better, you're in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's a jumbled freaking mess right now. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I'd like to just be Baltimore twice in a season before we're asking to beat them back to back. But we got to get at least <laughs> one of those. Got to get at least one of those. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Bengals may be coming back down the earth after their hot start. Hey, Pittsburgh loses tonight, though. Browns are back in second place in the division. And it's so weird because we were in last place last week. It just yep. – this freaking league – hey, this league, man, this league. This league! <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it was – oh, man. Uh, you want to say anything about DPJ? I mean, this dude – Yeah. Balled out, bro. And he is – makes – just when you're feeling, you know, we're both sad because we knew that Odell – you know, is, was the best receiver in that room. Mm-hmm. So just, just to have someone, it could have been any of the guys, but just to have him kind of a guy who's like kind of sleeping on like the ground right now, or like, he's like the fish who waits in the sand to catch his prey. Like he's just kind of chilling at the bottom. We're, you know, he's there, but we're not. And then he just pops, just pops up, takes a fish. Maybe it's a bad analogy. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> he just, he came, he, when we needed him most, he showed up. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, again, I, I want to be excited about DPJ and I am excited. Like we've seen so much growth out of this guy from a six round rookie a year ago. It's, it's phenomenal. i still want to pump the brakes on a wide receiver one, like true. The guy on an offense um, again, cause the volume's not there. Um, the volume's not there for any of these receivers, to be honest. I mean, two catches for 86 yards. That's great. Like DPJ played great. Uh, both of his his balls were fantastic. That that catch down the sideline again, incredible. Tight window along the sideline, awesome. This team needs another receiver. Um, I'll keep harping on it. Um, DPJ is really the only guy they have right now that is is getting volume down the field. Schwartz again, four two speed. That's great. He's still coming along. Um, and even then, I tend to think Schwartz is going to be one of those niche role kind of guys. Um, so I don't know if Schwartz can ever be a, a wide receiver two to a wide receiver one that DPJ could be. Uh, what I do know is DPJ looks to be a long-term guy, uh, looks to be a dependable long-term guy, and that is great. He's already outplayed his draft position. If you think about a six-round rookie, you think of this game might not even make the team. Uh, how it comes out every year. If teams cut six rounders every single year, every single year, this guy's starting in year two as a six round rookie, uh, which is tremendous. Uh, I would still say it would be spicy for the Browns not to be looking at wide receivers early on in the 2021 or 2022 draft. Spicy for them to pass on a wide receiver early. Um, but if you, you can find a tandem, you know, uh, the Jefferson Diggs era early on, or the, the Jefferson Thielen, the Diggs Thielen era early on in Minnesota. Like all of these teams have two really good receivers. The Browns can go out and get a second guy to pair with DPJ who can be consistent, who can win down the field, who can win underneath, who can win along the boundary. Um, that would be spectacular. Uh, DPJ has, has proven though, he's a guy who's going to be here for a while. No, that is that will be an exciting uh, offseason conversation because, um, you know, Odell's contract is gone. It won't be it's not getting picked up next year. You're not going to have that cap it. 
Um, it would be shocking to see Jarvis back at his number next year. So, you know, they, they got some people they got to pay, but they, they'll have some money to, to potentially throw at a receiver room that they're, they have basically nothing invested in right now. So um, that'll be, yeah, that'll be a fun off season. I know you're, I know you're a big draft guy. So I know you're chomping at the bit to get into that, but let's just soak in the victory Monday. Absolutely. Gosh. I'm here, man. This is a victory Monday beatdown. Like beatdown edition, curb stomp. Oh. He's Love Chubb it. is in the river. We don't even have to, we don't even have to touch on Chubb. Everybody knows Chubb's great. He had another fantastic. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we haven't talked about Nick Chubb this whole entire time just because we're just so used to yeah. used to this. It's the uh, LeBron effect. Ten just... yards a carry and two touchdowns. That's Insane. absurd. Ten yards a carry. <laughs> I think he's on pace to break that record. Is he not? Did I hear? I think the yards per carry record. I... Probably. Yes. I want to Jeez. say that he potentially does. Miles Garrett is on pace to – I mean, it's going to be – he's going to need another Chicago-like game, maybe one or two. But he is, as of right now, I believe he's on pace to break Michael Strahan's record. Uh, he – so I looked this up. Yes. Let's talk about Miles and his sack milestones both within the league and within the franchise. He is just two sacks off the franchise's single-season sack record set by Reggie Camp at 14. Miles has 12. That's going to get shattered. No doubt in my mind. That's going to get shattered. The crazy franchise mark. Here we go. Miles has 53 sacks in 59 games. The franchise record is 62 sacks by Clay Matthews Sr. And it took him uh, off the top of my head, I want to say 238 games. Sheesh. Miles might break that record in 100, uh, in at this pace, in about 150 less games than. Clay Matthews senior played, which is absolutely absurd. So from a franchise standpoint, Miles might is going to break the single season sack record, knock on wood, uh, health, you know, wise, uh, and could break the franchise record if he has nine more sacks. League season season sack record, he is 10 and a half sacks off of, um, which it's 22 and a half sacks set by Michael Strahan. He has 10 and a half sacks off that mark right now. He also has the luxury of an added game, 17 yes. game schedule. Um, so he needs about a sack and a half per game from here on out. But again, if he gets two multi-sack games, that number gets very attainable. Just two more multi-sack games. That number is way attainable. He plays the Bengals one more time and he took Jonah Williams to the woodshed all game long. You play Pittsburgh twice or another time uh, whose offensive tackles are not good. You play Baltimore twice. Uh, Lamar's hard to sack given that Baltimore's offensive tackles are garbage. So uh, you play New England this week and Nick Jones is not exactly mobile. There are opportunities to get some sacks here. So um, man, if a Cleveland Brown broke the record for sacks in a season, that would just be splendid it's odd having a hall of famer on your roster i mean we had we had joe thomas who's easily a first ballot hall of famer but like that was during stretches of absolutely abysmal cleveland browns football it feels wonderful to see a again offensive tackles they impact the game but like they aren't like splashy impact in the game we have a, a guy who's probably the second best defensive player in the league right now on our roster it's him, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey, the only three guys that are really in that conversation, in my opinion. 
No, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And he plays for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's great. And people wanted to draft Derek Barnett over him because Barnett had more sacks than him in college. Just remember that. So funny story. Uh, I was back in the UC stomping grounds where they drafted Miles Garrett and I was in the, went to the same bar where they drafted him was there. And then I was also where they traded out of the, I believe it was the 12th pick. They traded back. And, you know, they ended up taking a Joku, who's been a, you know, he's been pretty good. Yeah. But, and then Jabril Preppers. But I remember he was there at 12. And, oh, how things yeah. would have been looked a lot differently if that had gone down the way that it did. But You're yeah. right. Oh, man. You're right. We might have a guy. Might have a guy. But you're right. The ability to not, I mean, we would have been questioning if we had a guy or not, if that guy, the same player would have been taken, though, that night because, you know, he's currently – in a legal battle with 22 women. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, <laughs> but would have been this an electric is again, where we years. have a game, let's stack them. And then, yeah, yeah. You yeah. might have what, a guy. Yeah. I think that's fair. We, it's, if we're going to criticize Baker, we got to give him credit when he plays. When he there plays are people well. who are about to turn this podcast off because we are talking about another quarterback other than Baker Mayfield. Put yourself in our position of like, we desperately want Baker Mayfield to be the guy, but we're in year four and we are still having to talk ourselves into a contract extension. We would love for Baker Mayfield to be the guy. We would love for him to get a contract extension. If he's worthy of it. We're willing to be objective about it though and say, hey, it's year four. Let's see what we let's 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 put up or shut up. Yeah, it's time. Like, it's time. Baker, you played great. Absolutely splendid. Let's stack some freaking games, baby. And you can't be the guy who can only play well when he's doubted. It cannot. Just can't it can't. That work narrative like that. pisses me off. Oh, he loves the underdog mentality. Just like play well because you got to play well, man. Like put your team on your back every freaking week and not just when you feel like you've been disrespected. If we're constantly underdogs and constantly having to be doubted to thrive at the game of football, then we're never going to be the team that we want to be. Like, you're a silver spoon fed Heisman trophy winning first overall pick. Like you're not going to be doubted very often, man. No, no. So it's time. We're, we're, like I said, we're going to, we're going to give him his props to play as well, but you know what this, this, he's still got a lot to prove this season and you know, he's got, the weight off that weight that everyone seems thought that Odell was, it's gone. So, you know, let's roll. Let's, let's yeah, let's stack these. Like you said, let's stack these games. Um, but yeah, like you said, we got New England this week. Um, I don't love what I saw from Mac Jones uh, during the Panthers game, especially when this is uh, this time, I believe two years ago when Miles uh, had his incident with Mason Rudolph. So, Oh yeah. Don't want to, don't want to see your reaction to that. So just stay away from his, uh, stay away from miles ankles, Mac Jones. We won't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I generally think that offense, that Patriots offense isn't very good. Um, well, you're a Mac Jones known Mac Jones haters. I'm not a Mac Jones hater. Here's the argument <laughs> for and against Mac Jones, even in the, even in the scope of the 2021 season, Trevor Lawrence has had his ups and downs. Flashes have been tremendous. In a shitty situation, Justin Fields has had his ups and downs. Flashes have been tremendous in a shitty situation. Zach Wilson had his ups and downs. His flashy situations have been much less than I would say Fields and Lawrence, but he's also not in a good situation. Mac Jones has been okay to good 
in the best situation of any of these quarterbacks. And that was the narrative coming out. Like you bet on a fields, a Lawrence, a Wilson, because you're willing to bet that upside will make them a, a top tier quarterback. My thing with Mac Jones is like, yeah, he's playing well, but if I had to guess right now, this is probably how he's going to play his entire career. <laughs> like this is the product you're going to get your entire career. Whereas with fields, get him a better head coach, a better play caller in a better situation, a better offensive line. God damn. He's going to be playing much better. Trevor Lawrence, all his playmakers are freaking hurt. Uh, again, his head coach might not be around next year. Uh, he's he's going to be, he's going to be a top tier quarterback. Zach Wilson, I was mildly low on as well coming into the season. So uh, I still have some concerns about Zach Wilson, but I'm willing to even say, I know Zach Wilson has tools. He's got the legs. He's got a good arm. Uh, you settle into that offense. I mean, you have potential to have a top tier quarterback. Mac Jones is playing well. Sure. Uh, but the argument is, is like, yes, but you knew when you took Mac Jones, you were taking a pretty capped out player. Yeah. Yeah. And we will, uh, Get into more Mac Jones talk, which I'm sure you're biting at the lid to get to. Yeah, I love yeah. talking about Mac Jones. <laughs> we'll talk Gator Roll Jones. Gator Roll Jones. We'll talk more about him on Thursday, but uh, let's get into our games game. Uh, survivor pick update. You are potentially in some trouble. Uh, Come on, Justin. Bail me out tonight, baby. I just, I just yeah. hyped you up on this podcast. Beat the Steelers so I can keep a two-game lead. It's weird that I have to, like, root against – my own survivor pick tonight hopefully but yes hopefully the bears beat the steelers and you can keep your lead i guess but worst case scenario the steelers win and, and i'm back in this thing so it could go either way for me but you know that's uh that's the way the rolls but let's play our games game let's start with thursday we had the colts absolutely taking it to the jets 45 30 i am really starting to think that Carson Wentz really hated Doug Peterson. Like it's well documented that they hate each other, but like Carson Wentz might've hated Doug Peterson to the point of like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to play shitty on purpose. Playing shitty on purpose. Yeah, like <laughs> That is quite the statement course. Well, because I mean, if you look at Carson Wentz's mechanics going back to last year compared to this year, like, and maybe it is that he just has a better relationship with my, like um, Frank Wright and is willing to listen, but like there's article after article where it's like, Doug Peterson would try to coach Carson Wentz and he just wouldn't listen, especially like about mechanical stuff. Like, Hey, if you do this instead of this, this will happen. And Carson's like, ah, whatever. Carson Wentz looks like, looks like a completely different quarterback this year than he has the past two and a half years. So <laughs> maybe it was that he just, him and like, he just wasn't willing to listen to Doug Peterson. And that's what it kind of looks like. Um, Cause I mean, the Colts look like they have a real quarterback. Um, the Not Titans are kind of running away with right? that division right now, but I mean, it's the NFC South. So the Colts, I mean, they, they're, they're fighting for a wild card spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. Got to play them now. So you think that we talked about last week, but I think that they just kind of this week, even with the Titans, we were kind of like, well, the Titans might not look as good against the Rams playing the Rams. are not going to be without Derrick Henry. You know, the Colts could climb back into this thing. I think with just the way that Carson's playing, you got it. There's no, there's no conversation anymore. You're playing him the rest of the year. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's where we're at. All right. Giants 23 Raiders 16. I don't want to talk about this game. 
Talk about, talk, about talking about the game. Let's talk about how Damon Arnett just got released. Oh, Jesus, man. Threatening to kill Raiders fra- fans out on, guns like, on Instagram, Instagram Live. Like, what a bad Jesus. week for – Okay, so I don't know much about the Raiders head coach. I think the players seem to like him a lot. Um, you got to let a, a new GM decide if he gets the job next year. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, well, there's yeah. No way, there's no way Mike Mayock gets to come back next year. His track record of picking players is awful. There it's is just, an argument for Mark, Mike Mayock to come back. And the argument could be that Gruden could be scapegoated for those picks because I, I do believe there's an element of Gruden saying, that's my guy, take him. They paid Gruden 10 years, $100 million. Like they're just not going to have Gruden sit passively yeah, on draft maybe. night and not. Yeah. That's and now point. that Gruden's out the door, I mean, Henry Ruggs, you, you can't talk about releasing Henry Ruggs as a, like, a, a non-Gruden thing because that's just a terrible situation and he deserved to get cut. But And Damon Arnett deserved to get cut as well. But, but neither you start to have... wonder how many of these guys are Gruden guys versus Mayock guys. Right. Right. They've just had a – they've just had a – they're especially in the first round, man. They have just not hit. And Leatherwood's been dog shit this year too. Cleo and Farrell's been bad. Like, Oh, man. Josh Jacobs has been pretty good, but I mean, it's a running back. Like, it's not. They just love to take seniors from established programs, seniors from Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. Like, that's his entire draft. Like, that's their that that regime's entire like draft history. Yeah, like as an Ohio State fan, when they took Damon Arnett, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> In the first round, at like twenty. 20- I liked Arnett that year. Arnett was real good that year for Ohio State, but. 16th overall i think it was or 18th overall something like that yeah, it was something which the rumor was they wanted aj Terrell, who is playing as a t- like a top corner for the falcons right now and then they settled for our net but it's like goddamn trade back yeah <laughs> not really how you should be running your draft board it's right. just settling for someone <laughs> right but all right let's uh since you don't want to talk about it um sore loser uh falcons 27 saints 25 what a weird score I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. I feel like I have. Matt Ryan is still good. Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback <laughs> playing at a high level. Um, for, you know, overcoming a lack of Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future uh, and Russell Gage's horrible attempt at a hurdle. Uh, good on the Falcons, man. Getting one out of there. I think the Saints are potentially oh, they're gone without. in the mix for oh, OBJ. Yeah uh no they can't be they can't unless he clears waivers and takes a restructured deal as like a a minimum deal as a free agent because they only they have less than a million dollars in cap space so they can't even put a waiver claim in for him so it'd have to be a situation where he clears waivers and signs a a vet minimum and they're reeling right now so i don't even if uh, you know odell's like i want to go to a a winner i want to catch passes from trevor simeon baby Uh, i don't know if that's going to be his ideal spot And the Lions it's will Seattle be playing or Green Bay if he clears waivers. It's got to be Seattle or Green Bay. I'd go to Green Bay if I was between those two. Seattle's is back, Yeah, but they got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't – we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. He can be claimed tonight, can he? Like, he's already – he's on waivers, so could potentially get some action here in the next 24 hours. All right. Bills six, Jaguars nine. In this record. AFC again, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know what's going on. There's no reason for that game to be six to nine and a Jaguars victory, like none whatsoever. What a score though! Uh, 
And it's not like Josh, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't played as well as he has, as he did last year, but like Josh Allen hasn't regressed. Like he's still a top 10 quarterback in DVOA, a top seven quarterback in QBR. Like he's having a good year. It was just like this, this league. Yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't go back through all seven rounds, but I went to the first two. I think that Gregory or so is maybe the only challenger to Greg Newsom as defensive rookie of the year. So Mike Parsons. Oh, yes, you're right. I forgot about him. Like yeah, I don't know how I missed him. But, yeah, dude, um, if he could stay healthy, Greg Newsom might be his might be his to lose. Uh, Aziz Ojolari is playing pretty well for the, the Giants as well right now. Um, I don't know what he did yesterday. I didn't look at the box score. But he had five and a half sacks going into – or he's got five and a half sacks in the season. Um, yeah, he hasn't had any over the past couple weeks. They though. do love the sacks. That could have definitely hurt Greg. They do so. love the sacks. And it usually goes to a defensive end anyways, so maybe I'm out over my well, skis. But I, also watch, I also watch Greg every week, so I don't watch fucking yeah, Aziz Ojolari every week. Newsom's been a baller. I would Newsom probably just hate it. If I, had, if, I have to, if I had to watch the Giants every week, I'd probably just hate football. So, Do you want other uh, rookie linebackers balling out? Pete, Jay, Pete okay? Warner. Pete Warner. Well, yeah, he's been hurt, though. Pete Werner. Pete Werner's been balling. Yeah, you were big on Pete back in the I was. Draft. I had a second round grade. A win for you. Yeah. Win for you. Um, okay. I, I knew he was the best. Like, people were like, oh, Baron Browning. But I was like, Baron Browning's good. He's a Sam linebacker. Sam linebackers are like, okay, Pete's the, Pete's the truth. Pete's the truth. All right, we talked about this a little bit already, but Patriots 24, Panthers 6. The Sam Darnold era may be coming to an end. <laughs> I tried to tell you, man. I, I like I gave you runway. Like, come on, man. You just you gotta be ready for this. And here we are. He's just not a good quarterback. And he just looks like emotionally, emotionally defeated. Like, oh man, all right. Well, selling was, insurance is USC needs good. a head coach. He was good, and I just do you think the Jets ruined him? Like, I mean, uh, it's possible teams can ruin quarterbacks, especially it's, rookies. It's so. possible. But there's just like nothing just, that he has not Donald done. Was anything. that good coming out of USC as people thought? He has he done nothing that he did at USC at Jets. It looks like a completely different dude. Like, it's not even, even during his like seven and seven win seasons with the Jets, like, even then, it was just never the. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a one game college sample size, but. Sam Darnold in that Rose Bowl game against Ohio State looks like Sam Darnold in the NFL for for the most part. Yeah, we uh, we took it to him that day. That was a fun game. All right, Broncos thirty and a shocker against the Cowboys sixteen. Again, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott played like Ben DiNucci. Like, what the hell? Uh, I, I don't I don't get it. He's probably not. Broncos healthy. got their weapons back though. Judy's back. They got they got their weapons back. But again, they had Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback, and they didn't score a whole lot of points. Just just like this is a team where Dak Prescott is a legitimate MVP candidate at this point in the season. That offense has been racking up points, and you what? I, I, Case Keenum scored more against that team. <laughs> yeah, it's not a not. I mean, the Cowboys are still in complete control. Of that. Oh, yeah. Division, but, I mean, ass. <laughs> and yeah, Dak's probably not healthy, 100% healthy, so I'm sure they'll figure it out. But yeah, I don't know. The Broncos are like are going to fuck around and accidentally save Vic Fangio's job. 
and get uh, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater a four year extension, eighty million dollar extension. So that'll be fun. All right, and the Ravens squeak by the Vikings, 34-31. Dude, I don't know how Lamar keeps doing it. I mean, we talked Luckiest about team it. We've already talked about Lamar a lot. I don't know if it's luck. I mean, some of it's bit, luck. A little that bit. That field like, goal, that's 69 yeah. yard. That was some luck. But some of it is, is just like Lamar putting the Ravens on his back in the second half of games in an overtime. Like they're an overtime loss to the Raiders from being six or from being seven and one. And they're also like a few, a few like clutch plays away from having a losing record. <laughs> yes. Yes. It like, could either, it could go either way with that for sure. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Uh, but again, Lamar is playing better than he did during that 2019 season. Um, Ravens are a hard team to beat, even with an absolute ass of an offensive line. <laughs> and Rashad Bateman, man. I love Greg Newsom. I love Greg Newsom. I still love, and I would still probably I'd go if we went back. I mean, it's hard to say now in hindsight with how the wide receiver room looks in Cleveland, but I would still probably take Greg Newsom in that situation with hindsight. But I love Rashad Bateman. He's he's been so good since he's been healthy. Chargers getting back on track. Twenty-seven Eagles, twenty-four. I think it's safe to say Jalen Hurts isn't the guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. Uh, analytics love him because he can make plays with his leg. But my goodness, that guy! Like, if we're talking about like we talk about Baker coming off his his primary read and then you can see panic in his lower body and he gets skittish like Jalen hurts is that amplified by 10. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, it's not great. It's not the most electric passing game you've ever seen. In your and it's not game. sustainable. Like they put up 24 points and even that's like not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And I probably the I shittiest game. So go baby, go Herbert. Yeah. Baby. Shittiest game of the week. Dolphins 17 Texans nine. Is Tua cooked? Is this team better without him? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad spot to be in. If you're the oh Dolphins. man, the the Dolphins again. We they're the, terribly. The Deshaun, they, they should have given the winner of this game Deshaun Watson. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, can we go back to the the Bills Jaguars game? Uh, I saw a tweet that's like uh, the losing Josh Allen has to go by jo- Joshua for the rest of the for the rest of their career because it was the josh allen game of Jaguars Bills. josh allen bowl yes josh the defense of josh allen had an interception fumble recovery and a, a sack yeah I don't, even know I don't even know which one you're talking about that's so the bills much of a bills, mind fuck this bills is. allen goes by joshua from here on out on this podcast oh no okay uh, that's fair but going back to the dolphins fair. it's a fucking shit show my goodness flores is gone i don't see how flores can save his job at this point he challenged a two-yard completion did he lose it? I don't know. <laughs> but I know the process of challenging a two-yard completion one way or the other is definitely not worth it. <laughs> I mean, at least if he wanted, I guess no harm, no foul. But, I mean, still, you're just kind of slowed up the game. But it would be very bad to lose. Um, all right. Yeah, that game sucked. <laughs> Another I game. No, I, like – there are a few players in this league that I just have like completely lost interest and have no interest of even like tuning into. And Jacoby Brissett is one of those players. <laughs> just like, all right, man, you have heisted an NFL career. You have made a ton of money 
good for you, but like I'm not tuning in if I see your starting quarterback. Does he still have a? He may have a winning record as a starting quarterback. He might. He he made thirty million dollars from the Colts over two years. Yeah, he won uh, either a game or two with the Patriots. He's won mm-hmm. a couple games with the Dolphins. Like I don't know, he might he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. We just thought he did. All right, another game that was not very interesting. That probably could have been the game of the year if you know Patrick Mahomes wasn't in a rut and Aaron Rodgers actually played. But Chiefs thirteen, Packers seven. Jordan Love, yeah, the uh, answer. Question Jordan Love. I mean, it was his first career start, but I mean, he's had two years in that offense. And even like, even if that is your first career start, you would hope after, you know, a year and a half in that offense, I guess not two years, like you would hope you'd be able to run it a little bit better than that against the chiefs defense that hasn't exactly been stellar. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Very, very uninteresting game, but yes. um, And the, the chiefs are struggling right now. I think they figure it out at some point and they're going to get back to where they, where you would expect the chiefs to be it's going to happen and it's inevitable i think in in, the, in my mind um and especially again how wide open that west is like the chargers have lost the patriots the chargers you know they're, they're not a, an unbeatable like team the raiders have lost to some pretty bad teams as well they've lost to the bears they've lost to the giants like that division still the chiefs to lose in my opinion and going back to jacoby Brissett, he has a career record of 13 and 23 so no he does not have a career record by a long shot well we'll always have that game against the chiefs in like 2019 yes always have that um but yeah man i was just it just kind of popped in my head i don't if unless some teams start falling off like does 10 wins get you into the playoffs this year? Cause I don't start to think that it's not going to, <laughs> it will, but it's going to be based off of some, some like weird tiebreaker stuff, weird yeah. tiebreakers. Yeah. Cause these teams are just like the AFC is all like four and five, five and four right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's got to Brown's got to keep the pedal down because you can't be falling behind um, Cardinals 31 in the Colt McCoy revenge game, dude. Wow. Dude. I saw a headline from a, a 49ers writer that I follow. Uh, he writes for SB Nation, and his headline was, he called Kyle Shanahan Mark Tressman and Yeezys. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. Kyle Shanahan has to – his seat has to be getting warm. His win-loss record is not pretty, and his unwillingness to at least let Trey Lance take live bullets – like, you hand-picked your guy – and you're going out to a guy who's getting out, going out with a guy who's getting out dueled by Colt McCoy. Like, that's where we're at. Colt like, you ha- you're solid. at some point, your job has to be on the line. Colt McCoy's been solid, and like, uh, he's always the guy who you don't want to leave in too long, but you like him when he's in there for. A I couple- remember when he played for. I was a, I was a senior in college, and I worked for the the college coffee shop at the time. Like, it, it fits me, whatever. Uh, very, very much so. And I would Very close on, on, I think it was Monday nights I would close. And that was the year he was with Washington and he had to start a few games because Kirk Cousins was hurt. And he beat Phillip Rivers. Like he beat Phillip Rivers in a game that I remember watching as I was closing the, the coffee shop one of those nights. Like Colt McCoy has like spot started with success. It's wild. Yeah, he's a, uh, it's, there's a couple guys around the league who are like that, but just guys you don't want in too long or you, they get exposed. So. Jacoby Brissett used to be that guy. Sam Darnold, he just that guy. Started to uh, have to play too much, but 
But yeah, I don't know, man. I I feel like Kyle's probably safe just because he's built up that reputation. And they're just they lo- they lost Michael Glinchy for the season. Like they just cannot stop. They need a new medical staff, is what they need. They're just every year with them. And I don't think John Lynch is a good GM. But and here's the thing: if Shanahan gets fired, he's going to get hired by Jacksonville or Chicago in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. No, he'll have, he'll get another uh, he'll get another job for sure. Um, all right, and then the to end the. The Sunday slate, the Titans took it to the Rams, 28 to 16. This league, it's 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 unpredictable this year. Like in years past, it's like, oh yeah, clearly the Packers and clearly the the, the Chiefs are the best teams, and blah. At this point, it's like I'd probably put my money on the Buccaneers if I had to just go with consistency for consistency's sake. It's like, okay, I'll bet I'll bet on Tom Brady this year. Sounds good. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> like, yeah, depending but that's on where we're long. at. This league is just like. It's fitting how long Aaron Rodgers is out too. You know, he may potentially be mm-hmm. could, I mean, I don't want to like speculate, but he could potentially facing a suspension yeah. for the protocol's sake. So that's going to get interesting, but yeah, that's, it was weird. Matt Stafford may have hurt his MVP candidacy last night. <laughs> so did everybody else who was in, in the MVP race. So that's very true. Very true. <laughs> Nick Chubb helped his MVP case. We might get a non quarterback this year, although I highly doubt it. But. Could have been Derrick Henry, but, you know, he's gone now. But, yeah, man, tonight, go Bears. Go Bears. You're going to root against yourself here for the sake of I know. the Browns. Yeah. I know. I Justin, know. keep stacking games, baby. Your growth has been pretty freaking linear so far. Like, he's gotten better week in and week out. That Tampa Bay game was obviously shitty all the way around. But uh, I still think he was doing some good stuff in that game. But just keep stacking games. Take it to Pittsburgh. Let's go. Yep. Yep. Go bears. Uh, all right. Well, everybody enjoy the rest of your victory Monday. Enjoy the Take it. In. Oh, fuck it. Let's take it into Tuesday. Let's have a victory Tuesday. We oh, don't yeah. have to look towards the victory week, still. baby. Yeah. Till Thursday. We'll look, we'll get, we'll, we'll move on to the Patriots. Never let the party die. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we will have uh, a pod for you guys on Friday about the Patriots. Uh, we appreciate your support guys. Thanks for everything you do. If you really want to go above and beyond, leave us a review. Um, please subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, if you hate this podcast, don't tell anybody. Um, and, uh, we'll talk to you later this week. Go Browns. 